It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as by always, uh, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? Doing really good, Michael. Excited to talk about some Steelers football. Oh, as always, every Wednesday night, we, we got to be excited. Got to amp up for that. But uh, we have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, Matt Bells from Bucky's Fifth Quarter. That would be uh, the Wisconsin Badgers SB Nation site. Uh, joining us to break down Isaiah La- Loudermilk. Uh, Matt, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm just appreciative to be here with you guys. Oh, it really is our pleasure. Now, to really jump into this prospect uh, right away here, can you tell us a little bit about Isaiah Loudermilk? Because I know of all the Steelers draft picks uh, this, what, past May, uh, he was kind of the the bigger question mark uh, amongst pretty much all the names they selected. So could you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, for sure. And, and that makes sense. I know that you guys made a trade to get him and everything. So I'm sure that there's a lot of fans that are, hey, he better pan out. Um, but looking at him as a player, uh, really just kind of in, in terms of a recruit coming into Wisconsin, he, he played eight-man football, small town in Kansas, kind of non-existent prospect that kind of just saw his his stock rise throughout the summer. The Badgers were able to get him on campus. He had offers from Nebraska, Kansas State, Oregon, was looking at a couple different schools. He, he, he took a visit to the Badgers and kind of fell in love with it. But you look at it, and the biggest thing he brings is size. He's 6'6". Um, he leaned down, actually, for, for his pro day, um, really played at Wisconsin about 295 for most of his career, um, hovering around that 300 mark. He was productive. He was a three-year starter, um, but he, he kind of 
his first couple years had to deal with some injuries, which which made it so that it was kind of frustrating. But he was a guy redshirted right away on campus, um, but then really dove into playing time right away, which is indicative of somebody that they were really excited about. But I mean, you look at his size, he was just kind of a moldable piece of clay that they brought in. And really, he kind of turned into a lot more with the Badgers and somebody that they could really trust and value. Um, he's more of a five technique, but the Badgers used him within his versatility and size to their advantage throughout the year by sliding him all over the line. Do you think that um, that ability to move around the line, is that something you think will translate to the NFL? Or, or do you think he's a player that really – you know, really needs to to get into that five tech role and just kind of stay there. Yeah, I think I I think he definitely can slide along the line. I don't think he's going to be a nose. He he'll be the first one to tell you that at times sometimes he'll he'll play a little too high. His pad level will get up there, but at the same time, I feel as though he can play uh, either either side uh, of that nose tackle spot within the three four. Uh, the Badgers used him a lot. And his size allowed them to get creative and go with a two, four, five frequently. So that's something that I know um, a lot of teams are using. He's kind of a, a hybrid guy that helped them out in a lot of ways. And he, he clogs up, he eats up blockers, which I think makes him valuable asset to wherever he is on the line. So I definitely think Jim Leonard uses a lot of different pro schemes as a, as a former pro guy. So I would anticipate that he should be able to help Pittsburgh at at least multiple spots on that defensive line starting out. Um, A a lot of draft experts, and I'll use air quotes around experts, kind (laughs) of had him in like the 350 to like 400 range, someone that would be more of a kind of a uh, kind of primary uh, undrafted free agent type. Of course, what he went around 150 to the Steelers. Was that a surprise to you? Did, did that make any sense why he was rated so low? Did, or did he go right where you expected him to go? I thought just based off of the fact that there, he he had the injury history made it so that I, I think teams would have shied away. But I, I knew about his athleticism. Having, having talked to them, he is the quintessential guy you want in your locker room, which I think makes him somebody that will fit right in and why I'm not surprised to hear the other defensive linemen with the Steelers raving about him because – he, everybody loves that. Uh, his nickname Sasquatch because he's a huge, big guy, hairy as ever. Um, but he, he's a, he's the type of guy that fits in a lot really good leader. And I think when you, when you look at it, um, I was surprised that, uh, he, I thought maybe sixth or seventh round, I didn't necessarily know he would go in the fifth, but I, I thought he was going to get drafted, but, but really that was based off of the fact that he was a really, really good athlete coming out of high school. Dad played at Creighton. He was a really phenomenal, good, uh, phenomenally strong basketball player as well, got recruited to play and and wound up at Wisconsin as just this guy that we didn't really know what he would bring. And so Wisconsin fans were really excited about him as a recruit. And he really flashed early in his career, made some nice plays um, and, and kind of proved his worth. And then from there, he was a, a consummate pro kind of year in and year out, and everybody knew what they would get from him. So I think he's a he's a guy that I think it makes sense that he was drafted in the fifth round as a guy you take a flyer on. He's definitely a, um, a high floor guy that isn't going to disappoint you. You might not get the huge flash plays that you would want um, out of, say, a, a, a top 100 pick, but I think later rounds like that 150 mark makes sense to me. But But I understood why he might end up being an undrafted guy too. Is uh is Isaiah more of a would you can categorize him more as a run blocker, uh, a run stopper, uh, a pass rusher, 
or is he kind of is he more balanced? Is there is there any like standout traits that he has right away that you're like, wow, okay, that's going to carry over to the NFL right away in in terms of his production? I, I would definitely go with he is more of a run stuffer. Um, you look at it, that size will help him out. I know he's leaned down because he wants to be able to make more of a, a concerted effort to get to the quarterback. He's got good hands. He, he does some nice things. He's got a decent swim move. He, he can get quarterbacks off their spot, but he's not going to be somebody who you can look at and be like, yep, he's going to be super disruptive in the pass game. So I think right away um, he allowed the Badgers to go to that two – two, four, five frequently because he was able to aid up multiple blockers. So I think run stuffer definitely is, is a plus for him. He's also with his length, he, he's good at timing and, and knocking down passes. He had nine pass defenses um, in his course of his career at Wisconsin. And, and really that helped the Badgers out because it, it led to interceptions. It led to other things. So while he might not always get to the quarterback, he, he can get in passing lanes, knows how to read quarterbacks and to knock down passes, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's going to be a pass rushing specialist or anything like that. Now, only seven minutes into our conversation here, and I'm starting to feel a, a lot better about this pick, uh, just by the way you're talking about him, Matt. I, I know a, a ton of Steeler fans, there's question marks. There, when they first drafted him, they're like, who is this guy? Didn't really know much about him. Uh, just because there wasn't – wasn't that much coverage, but obviously just by the way you're talking, it seems like this is a, a legit prospect. Do you think Steeler fans should kind of flip that switch and be excited about this guy? I wouldn't go to where they need to be like super excited. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be a reserve player for multiple years and that you're going to know and trust coming off of the bench. Um, you, you look at the Steelers depth, they've got some, some studs in front of them, you know, like you've got Hayward, a guy who's going to be probably playing in front of them, And, and he, it's an opportunity for him to learn, but really I think, He's, a, he's the type of guy that isn't going to make waves in, in, in a negative sense on the roster, and, but, I, but I definitely think that he's going to be able to help them out in specific packages, be able to come in and, and, and give Hayward or whoever it might be in front of him some, some time to rest. And so I think fans should be caution, like optimistic, I'll just say, and, and not necessarily be like over the moon excited. But I think if you're looking at a fifth round pick, that's pretty good if you're going to get a guy who, who has – Definite traits to be a high-end guy who could start, give you spot starts, and then help off help off of the bench frequently. Um, at the very least, you throw him in there on uh, extra points, and he's got a chance to block a few. Now, a few years ago, the Steelers took uh, an outside linebacker from Wisconsin who had some really good traits. You know, he was a top athlete. He had a fantastic first step, first off the line uh, in, in T.J. Watt. And one of the knocks on him was that while he had a lot of strengths, he wasn't very polished. He didn't have like any, none of his technique was really that good. Uh, when I look at Isaiah Loudermilk's film and when I look at a lot of the, the scouting reports on him, I see a very similar thing where people talk about his length. They talk about his strength when he's able to get his hands in the right placement, but they also talk about, you know, the inconsistency in applying his technique. Is this, like I don't, I don't want to make this like an accusation here, but is this something uh, you see at Wisconsin, uh, where they take kind of these, they're okay with taking raw athletes at these positions and, and letting them play instead of focusing more on on taking players and refining their technique and making them technicians. Yeah, definitely. Wisconsin really relies on multi-sport athletes and just kind of 
plugs and tries to develop them as much as they can. You look at Isaiah Loudermilk. I mean, most people thought he was going to be a basketball player um, for a, for a long time in in his high school career, and then all of a sudden he he shifted late in eight man football where he was just a man amongst boys, really, to be quite honest. And if you watch his high school film, it's a joke. Um, but he he was just an athlete that they took and they didn't know where he would necessarily fit in. And he kind of just, his body grew and ended up at that five technique. Um, you look at Watt, it was a similar thing. He, nobody really knew if he was going to be a tight end. Was he going to be a wide receiver? Was he going to be an outside linebacker? And, and sure enough, he ended up there. It's, it's one of those things where I think Wisconsin takes a little bit more of a flyer on guys and then tries to develop them with the understanding that trying to get them on the field as quickly as possible when they have those athletes because they don't necessarily recruit with many other schools that, that might they're going against, like Ohio State, for example. Um, so I, I think – well, he he has some different flaws, and he's gonna he's gonna have to improve on lowering his pad level at times, and and really hand placement and things. I think he's a guy that you can develop when it's hey, this is his focus year in year out, and he's just focused at that five technique to get better at. I had a chuckle uh, thinking about T.J. Watt playing wide receiver. That would be uh, quite <laughs> the sight, especially him at his size now. That that would be something else, but. Uh, with Isaiah Loudermilk throughout his Wisconsin career, did he ever have one signature game that kind of stood out or uh, whether he was really, really good or he was a complete liability? Was there any one kind of instance that stands out to you? I, I think really he had he had multiple play as times where he played some some nice football. Um, I think you look in just in this most recent 2020 season, he had four tackles and a sack against Iowa and he played really well in that game. And that was a big reason why they, they played well. Um, you, you then look at some of his other games against Northwestern in 2019, he had two tackles for loss and, and knocked down three passes, which I think, you know, you look at Northwestern at that point in 2019, they weren't quite as good, but um, I, I think it was really telling that he made some nice plays in that game and he, and he can help out. Um, I don't want fans uh, for Steelers thinking that he's going to be a guy that can't help out and get after the quarterback at times, but, but really I think that knocking down passes and really making an impact in that way and stuffing the run is something that he can do. And he's shown that, and he really shows it out when it's, when it's games, when it's a physical opponent, like an Iowa, Northwestern, uh, a Michigan, a Michigan state teams who are going to try to run the ball. That's when he excels. Um, he, he had some nice plays against Ohio state, including a sack in the big 10 championship, but, but really he's a guy that when it, when it comes to run stuffing, stopping the run, being there and, and imposing his will and, and eating up space, he can do that. Yeah. He sounds, uh, he sounds a lot like, uh, how the Steelers use stuff onto it and Cam Hayward, uh, where they kind of just let him loose and say, you know, go, go make, go create havoc. Go cause problems for the offense and, and let, you know, TJ Watt and uh, Devin Bush and these guys, you know, kind of mop up and make the plays behind you. Uh, do you think that's really like a, a role he is perfectly suited for? And because that makes sense. If, if he's that guy, it makes sense for the Steelers to get him just because they have the athletes behind him to make those plays. Definitely. That's, that's, that's his sole role with Wisconsin for the most part. Wisconsin's defensive linemen um, are really not known for getting after the quarterback. That's not really what their scheme is for. It's they, Wisconsin is able to bring in really good linebackers usually. 
So it means, hey, take up those blocks, take grab two of them and let, let the linebackers flow. And that's something he is good at. So I, I think if that's what Steeler Nation is hoping for, they should be happy with it because that's what he can do is he tries to eat up space, eat up blockers and let the people around him go. And so that's Wisconsin's team. And so if that's what Pittsburgh's doing as well, that would be a good fit. Uh, one of the things that uh, Jeffrey and I have noticed, because uh, Matt, uh, every week we've uh, hosted a, someone from either an SB Nation site or uh, beat writer, whoever, uh, just breaking down the entire entire Steelers draft from one through seven. Um, now, every single pick, it, it seems like the guys are being called a, a captain or a leader or a voice in the locker room of some sorts or just like a really good person. Uh, will Isaiah Loudermilk kind of carry that trend? Was he a captain at Wisconsin, and is he someone you'd classify as a good person? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he was a leader. He, he's a guy that you you hear players talk about as a guy that they could go to, kind of a confidant that they could that they could pull from. And he was a leader. He would he would take talk to players. Was was vocal. Um, he was a guy that helped a lot of other players. Uh, in terms of conditioning work, being able to figure things out, even when he was was unable to go, which was you know spottily throughout his car- career, he was he was vocal, helping players out. Um, I, I know one specific player, Scott Nelson, had mentioned that when he was injured, it was in missed his entire junior year. It was Isaiah Loudermilk who was there for him, talked to him consistently about kind of his rehab, and kind of helped him understand that hey. I've been through this. You'll be there. You'll be okay. And and so I think definite captain, guy that'll be able to help. And and I understand why the defensive linemen are 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 happy about him as part of the group because he does. I mean, he he can fit into multiple places. You you look at him as a kid from nowhere nowhere Kansas ended up making a shift to Madison. Now going to to Pittsburgh. I think he, he's kind of a chameleon. He'll be able to help out in a lot of ways. And I think that he's a good fit uh, with you guys. With him uh, being a three-year starter, uh, did you see a lot of development uh, between, like, say, his his junior and senior year here, where he, you know, showed growth on the field, or is he kind of a guy who he's been the player he's been since, you know, for the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I, I think. It was so hard given everything with the pandemic. I thought he had a pretty good year and, and he had done some nice things specifically with his sack numbers. Uh, he only played in the six games really that they played. I mean, they played in seven games. He missed the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but in those six games, he had two sacks, which, I mean, if you're looking at ratio wise, that's pretty good compared to the rest of his career. Uh, 2019, I thought was a really big breakout year for him after he had missed a few years with with injuries uh in 2017 he missed three 2018 he he made uh six starts but also missed five games but then in 2019 played every single game and and really helped them out in a lot of ways but he's still in those 14 games only had three sacks so then you push to 2020 when he in six games he's able to put together two sacks i think he he made a an effort and that was something he talked about in the offseason that he wanted to prove upon was getting after the quarterback and i think he did a better job with that um you you didn't see quite as many times when he was batting down passes but i but you definitely saw a concerted effort of getting to the quarterback and making plays and so i think that was something that we saw a nice jump from him in, from 2019 to 2020. But really, the big jump for him came from 2018 to 2019 when he really was fully healthy and really had a full offseason to get ready and, and play some football. 
Now, we've talked, obviously, a lot of the positives when it comes to this kid. Um, to play devil's advocate, Matt, what are the weakest parts of his game? What does he need to work on the most? Uh, is there anything super glaring that uh, we should be worried about? I would say that it's, at times his pad level gets too high. Like definitely. And that, and that shows up, which is why I said, there's no way he's going to end up playing at nose. Like it's just not something that he can do. Um, he, he can, he can hold, hold uh, the point on, on multiple defenders and do some good things with that. But, but I do think that he is still developing as a pass rusher for sure. So I talked about that. Hey, he made some nice strides. There's still a ton of room for growth there. And while he's a really good athlete, we talk about the, the basketball ability. He's got some, some, some decent quickness with his feet, but you're, you're not going to see that straight line speed. You're not going to see him chasing down a quarterback and making a huge play. I, I, I want to say his pro time was like a 4.9 in the 40, which, which is decent for his size. But at the same time, that's not going to catch up to a quarterback at that point. But that's not really his game. And so I would say that uh, weaknesses is definitely going to be um, uh, moving his feet and getting after the quarterback as well as pad level. Another thing is just going to be that injury bug. We, I talked a little bit about the fact that he, he redshirted his first year on campus, but then in 2017, it, folks were really excited about him and he played in 11 games. He missed three to, to injury. 2018, uh, missed five games with injury. Uh, 2019 played every game, but then came into the offseason injured and played through some injuries, finished off 2020 with an injury. And so you can see that there is definite things where he, he's trying to work on his body. I think losing the, the weight was a good move for him to, to drop down to that 275 range instead of you know pushing 300. But at the same time, durability issues are there. And, and you know in, in the NFL, you need to be available. Otherwise, you're not going to be in the league. And so I think if he's wanting to to continue to hold a spot with the Steelers, that's something he's going to have to work on. And I know that that's something that they're the veterans are going to preach to him. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Um, you you had a chance to see how, how many of the Watt brothers did you have a chance to see see playing for Wisconsin? Did you get to see all three of them? I did. Yeah, I got to got to see all three. And I will say this, that in, in college, I definitely thought, um, you know, before JJ left for the NFL, I don't think anybody knew that JJ was going to be what he was. Um, but TJ, I think most Badger fans knew was going to be an animal in the NFL. So you were expecting you were expecting what, you, what we've seen from TJ Watt on the Steelers? Maybe not. Maybe not the all pro status and, and, you know, winning all the awards that he has. But I think I anticipated that he was going to make a big impact. And as a Packers fan, I still will not forgive them for passing on him to take Kevin King. And so um, I can't look at Kevin King without thinking of the fact that TJ Watt was not taken. So yes, uh, I definitely thought that he was going to be a really good player. If it makes you feel any better, the Cowboys took Taco Charlton. So it, it could, it could have been worse. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Jeffrey, did you have a follow-up to the Watt stuff? No, I, was, I, just, wanted, I just wanted to drop that in there. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure we'll get back to that in a moment, but uh, you mentioned Isaiah's injuries. Do you know what they were, just so we kind of uh, have a, a, a handle of what those injuries were that he uh, battled over his time? Yeah, so uh, he, he's had a, a knee injury. Um, most of his injuries weren't like he didn't like tear an ACL or anything like that, but it was a big enough knee injury that he had to, 
to have surgery. Um, then it was an ankle injury that it just kind of kept popping back and forth on him. And, and then there was an arm injury that it was, he was in a sling and that was really in a, in, I think I want to say it was spring ball or fall camp where he just missed some time, ended up being fine for the, the season. Um, but you may notice in, in watching film on him that he plays with a pretty big brace on one of his arms. That was because of that el- uh, an arm injuries and, an arm injury, if I can get the marbles out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Um, Live chat gets them every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything uh, about Isaiah Loudermilk that's, that's really flying under the radar? Uh, something that people may not have heard about, won't expect, but 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 could be should be aware of? I, I think really the the thing to know is is that really he he is a guy that is is not going to be super outspoken in terms of the locker room and with the media and everything. But at the same time, he he is a really hard worker and and he's a player that people love all all around him. You only hear positive things about him. So character wise, the, the Steelers knocked it out the park. He's he's a really good player, but a but a better person off the off the field. You you listen to him talk with the media, and he's he's you know a really smart kid. Uh, graduated from UW, and and he's he's just the type of guy you want on your team. But but I just think that people should just know that he's he's not going to be the next Cam Hayward. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on him, and and very few people should. But at the same time, I think he's a guy that can help you folks out for a long time. Uh, I'm going to steal some of Jeffrey's thunder here because uh, he, he was doing some research on you, Matt, as he does all our guests. And when you attended Wisconsin, uh, Matt Canada would have been the offense coordinator for the Wisconsin <laughs> Badgers uh, when you when you attended school there. Um, what, could, what can Steeler fans kind of expect from this offense uh, to kind of transition a, a little bit from our topic, but uh, still Steelers related? What, what, do you, what did you see when Matt Canna was running the show uh, for the Badgers? A ton of motion. Um, you, you look at it, it's, and that's something that even Paul Chris now uses with the Badgers, but a ton of, of formation shifts and, and a lot of moving pre-snap. Which which would be good because you've got a veteran quarterback who can who can do all of that. Um, he's he's kind of changed a lot throughout his time as an offensive coordinator as he's gained experience. But but really the motion part of of everything pre snap will continue to be there. You'll see tight ends shifting going one way and then coming back the other way. You'll see running backs coming out of the backfield. You'll see you'll see probably a little bit more fullback. You'll see um, all sorts of things in creativity from him. I, I know thinking back to Wisconsin, the fondest memory of people will have of him is the big 10 championship when Wisconsin just ran all over Nebraska and they used the jet sweep over and over again um, on the Cornhusters. And really, I think you look at it, his time in Wisconsin was, he kind of had a governor on him because Brett Bielema was in him kind of, you know, didn't get along and see eye to eye. And so Brett Bielema was kind of calling a lot of plays and doing some things to, to take away his ability. So I would just know that that was something in, in our experience with him. But, but I know that when he took that away in the, in the Big Ten Championship, the Badgers ran wild. 
So we did get a, a super chat here that uh, I'm going to actually throw it over to Jeffrey first. This <laughs> comes from Sean Manahan. He puts $2 in the tip jar. He says, is there anywhere Matt Canada hasn't coached? Jeffrey, I, I'm pretty certain you know this by heart. Can you list every team that he, he's been on uh, up until this time the Steelers here? Well, at least like the yeah, last couple uh, of years. Let's see if I can do this. He went to school at Indiana. He was uh, he was there. They They cut a whole bunch of coaching staff, so they needed him as a graduate assistant. Uh, he worked there as a graduate assistant. Then he went to work for a friend of his head coach that he was a graduate assistant for that was working at Butler. Uh, then he goes to then he goes to Northern Illinois for <laughs> yep. a little bit. Then he goes back to Indiana, ends up uh, their offensive coordinator, goes back to Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah. I think then he goes to Wisconsin. After Wisconsin, we're at 2013. Oh gosh, that's is that this NC where it gets State? easier? Yes, <laughs> that's NC State. Three seasons at NC State. He then goes to Pitt. Then he goes to LSU. Then he goes to Maryland. Then he takes a year off, and then he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, you Impressive. nailed that entirely. I, nailed that? <laughs> I was looking at his Wikipedia pages. He riled that off. That was impressive. <laughs> that was I was that was from memory. I've looked that up so many times to be like, wait, where was he in 2014? You just don't know. Oh, that was uh, hilarious. Unless you, like you were saying, there was rumors he didn't get along uh, with, with some people. Uh, that seems to be a thing that has followed him wherever he goes. Is there's kind of some issues between him and his coaches. Um, now, Mike Tomlin has obviously worked with some people who aren't the easiest to work with before. Uh, we had Haley. Todd Haley as offensive coordinator <laughs> here. Uh, but it, do you do you think that can get overrated, or do you think or do you think he has the chance to be kind of that problematic person in a, in a locker room? I'm not totally sure because when you look at who he was having a problem with, it was Brett Bielema, who a lot of people also have a problem with. So it's, it's hard to, to know from my experience with the Badgers. But I, I do know that in following his career since, I did not know it nearly as well as you did. Um, but but I would say that he, he – he, that has been a trend or something that has popped up at a few different spots. So I think when you look at it, he's got a really good mind for football. He knows his stuff. He's a really smart guy. But, but I do think that oftentimes, you know, the little idiosyncrasies that people hold can sometimes grind on others. And maybe that's just something that he brings to the table, um, which you got to deal with. But I, I think Mike Tomlin's a strong enough presence to kind of put him in his place, which I think is good. Um, yeah, see, I was I was born in Michigan. I'm a, I'm a University of Michigan fan. Uh, so so that that 2012 winning the Big Ten championship, blowing out Nebraska. I loved that game. Uh, then when he went to like Maryland and ran all over Ohio State with Anthony McFarland, nearly beat them. I loved that. And, and then of course I'm living here in Pittsburgh, and, and when Pitt beat Clemson, that like Matt Canada has been on my radar for a while, and he's a name that keeps popping up. So you're like, whoa, who is this guy? And then yeah. now the Steelers have him, so hopefully good things work. And he's <laughs> and he's reuniting with Derek Watt, who uh, who was with him in 2012. Yep. That leads me into what I was going to ask, because of course we did talk about uh, the, the two slightly bigger name Watt brothers, just just slightly. Um, yep. Of course, Derek Watt, the, the the middle child, of course, it just always seems to be that way, I, I guess. But they're all the NFL. I'm not. I'm I'm talking about podcasts anyway. Um, Derek Watt, he didn't really fit the, the Steelers system last year, but you saw him with Matt Canada. What can we expect from him in this kind of offense now? 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's a traditional blocking fullback. He's He can do a little bit in the pass game, and, and he was a former running back and linebacker in high school, so he he can run with the ball. But I don't. you're not going to see him as, as somebody who's going to be making and breaking huge plays out of the backfield. He's not like an H-back type of fullback that you're going to be using in explosive situations. But as a, in terms of being a, a block-first guy, he's pretty strong. Um, and he was a guy that um, Wisconsin has had a good pedigree of sending fullbacks into the league and them sticking. I, I think he is just another key piece that will keep that going. And I think if you are leaning towards a run-heavy attack, he will fit that, especially when you look at the, the most recent draft picks that you all made. Um, so that takes us to the 30-minute mark in our the end of the, our time with Matt. Uh, before you go, is there anything uh, you want to plug for the people? Uh, if any of you are actually Wisconsin fans and want to check out our podcast, it's um, Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We talk about Wisconsin football. A um, little bit different, so but at the same time, uh, I, I definitely always keep an eye on the Steelers because of both the Watt brothers, and so I hope you guys have a great season. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, and I appreciate you for uh, taking the time to uh, hang out with us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. All righty. So everyone watching on YouTube and Facebook, just hang tight. Uh, we'll just do a, a quick couple second break. Uh, if you're listening on the uh, podcast platform side, you can click over to part two now. Heck, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I might just automatically play part two for you. So just hang tight. We'll be back in a minute. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.